Hello guys, this episode is brought to you by Fieldpiece. Fieldpiece's next generation of vacuum pumps will cut down on evacuation time and make oil changes on the fly a breeze. They are lightweight, durable, and feature four inline ports plus a large oil reservoir. Get pumped about these three new Fieldpiece vacuum pumps available at distributors now. Learn more at fieldpiece.com or follow us on social media at Fieldpiece Products. Thanks again and thanks for listening. We've all been there, in the middle of a job, everything going smoothly, until boom, you're missing a part. United Refrigeration is your one-stop shop for all your refrigeration needs. Use your computer or smartphone to go to www.uri.com at any time of the day or night to check stock on your favorite brands, such as Copeland, Sporlin, Carlisle Compressors, Danfoss, Emerson CPC Boards and Sensors, Carell, Hussman Parts, and Ketotherm. United Refrigeration, Inc. is home to these brands and many more. Looking for information on refrigerant conversions or refrigerant banking? Quick access links on the homepage can get you to the information you need. All approved accounts are able to see live-to-the-minute inventory and pricing. Product not in stock at your local branch? No problem. Use the nearby stock feature to find a local branch that does have what you need. Are you looking for a branch address, phone number, or after-hours number? That's all available as well. Just click on the branch locator and search for your local branch. Have a model number and looking for a replacement part? www.uri.com forward slash ARP has a vast list of quick pick replacement parts. Just search for the model number of the equipment you're working on and click the replacement parts tab. If you don't have an account, Click the register button and we'll have you online in no time. With more than 400 locations in North America, each United Refrigeration branch is fully stocked for immediate pickup. Our branch employees have in-depth technical knowledge so we can help you get what you need when you need it. Visit your local store or www.uri.com forward slash ARP today. United Refrigeration Inc has all your solutions down cold. I'd like to take a minute to talk about one of our sponsors, Parker Sporlin and thermostatic expansion valves. How can you guys always have the right thermostatic expansion valve for the right application without having to carry hundreds of valves in your truck? Well, that's simple. Using Sporlin's interchangeable cartridge-style valves. The Q valve for conventional and the BQ valve for balance port. It, it, it's as easy as one, two, three. It serves thousands of unique applications. So one, you just select a thermostatic element for your application. Two, you select the body style you need. Three, you select the right size cartridge for the application. These easy to select and assemble valves mean you always have the right valve for the job on your truck. For more information on the Q and BQ valves, visit Sporlin.com. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the episode. This uplifting cinematic experience. Uh, I've got something important to tell you, man. The big story is... Dig this and dig it. Encourage him. That's a 
I'm being sarcastic, right? <laughs> I've been called the songbird of my generation. Holy shit. I'm holding in a huge mess. So could you get to the point? Welcome to Advanced Refrigeration Podcast. You're with your host, Brett Wetzel and Kevin Compass. I hate airplanes. I hate them. Yeah. Um, I spent, I spent, um, well, first they, they, before they decided to take up totally, take us totally off the tarmac, they decided to see if they could take the apprentice approach and reset the airplane to see if that would work. It didn't work. They had to get us in the plane. So we basically sat around for yeah, two and a half hours doing absolutely nothing. And I'm finally here in Wisconsin and people are so slow. Why are they so slow? I, th- I thought it was a Southern thing. I, I don't know. I'm not from Wisconsin. No, but you're, you're in that general wheelhouse of area. No, I'm not. <laughs> Why you're st- you're That's- like a stone's throw away from me right now, aren't you? No. Where are you I'm at now? Three and a half hours from there. Oh, okay. Where are you at this week? Are you working from home? Yeah, working from home. Yeah, we're just like finishing up, you know, BS work, running out, running out of normal work. You know, because nobody can, nobody can manufacture a case. So yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that more and more where, you know, is it, they just don't even have cases at this point or what? We had like four months of construction work get pushed back. <laughs> yeah. Like our whole summer of construction work for like one customer is now pushed back to winter. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, it's either that or they send out cases half built, you know, not, not like building cases in the field. Oh, yeah, because that was figured into the job for sure, right? Oh, yeah. And good luck getting the manufacturer to pay you. <laughs> Change order. The case wasn't finished being built. I've had like five or six cases come out from ma- various manufacturers with no fans, no, come on. no wires. That bad? Yeah, no drain fittings. Like <laughs> Hill Phoenix is sending out stuff with IOU tags on them. <laughs> Like we got we got a case today that we waited three months for that caught on fire. It had, it had IOU tags in it. For what? Um, it was missing shelf clips and uh, a couple shelves. <laughs> we took them out of the case. It caught on fire. You need to get it done, right? Well, it still doesn't run because it's a solo chill and uh, nobody knows how to work on it. So, what? They have all those guys on there. There's seriously nothing out there. What do you mean? 
Well, there's manuals out there for it. What do you mean no one has had to work on them? Yeah, yeah. good luck working on manuals when the alarm says, program needs redownloaded. What program? What needs redownloaded? You call, zero support. What's what's in the control? What's in the what's in the cases controlling them? What do you mean? What what's inside the case? Is there a corral controller? Is there a Dixel yeah, controller? Corral Soul Chill. It's it's Soul Chill. It's made by Corral. It's a Corral product. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Licensing it from them, and uh, nobody from Hill Phoenix knows anything about it. Ah. I'll have to make a phone call to the guy uh, that reached out to me from Corel then. See yeah, if he wants uh, to talk about that product. I want to smash it with a big hammer right now. Is it really that bad? Oh, yeah. Why? It's completely unworkable for a normal normal technician. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. It's it's completely overcomplicated. Really? Yeah. I mean... Dixel has a bunch of settings in there you might not ever touch. Is it, is it, it has more settings than that? Way more overcomplicated. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's not good. And it's, it's impossible to get support. It's impossible to, you know, get in, into anything. There's no literature. What is out there is uh, very vague. Yeah, not, not a big fan of it. They get it. this target we have is a disaster. Really? Yep, complete disaster. I'll, I'll have to call Frankie from Corel and have him, you know, talk about the you know, that particular controller. Then, I mean, if it wasn't butted up to probably the worst case ever made in uh, history, it would probably be worse. But I mean, it's got Carter cases right behind it, so. What is it? Are they open uh, medium cases or what are they? Yeah, in the in the stupid islands with the uh, seventeen condensing units underneath it. What? Yeah, there's like an island with like every four feet has like a condensing unit. Oh, so you, wait, so they're all brace plate heat exchangers, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what makes it so bad that I'm trying to figure this out? You just keep saying it's bad. It, it's it's a piss poor design. Like it's all critically charged on a water loop. Mm-hmm. So guess what happens anytime there's an issue with the water loop? All the cases have problems. Mm-hmm. No, we had the we had an issue where um you know the pump skid that it was put outside, which is fine. Um, if it had some source of heat, you know, to keep that that expansion tank warmed up. But as soon as it would get real cold outside, basically the pressure would go down. Um, it would sh- you know shrink down the the extra tank or the expansion tank, whatever you want to call it, and not work properly. So we had to pull out all the air out of it and then repressurize it with nitrogen rather than just the regular bicycle tire. No, this is this is just a disaster. It's just like like completely ridiculous. The cooling towers in between it, it's in like thirty story high rise, so the cooling towers in between like. On, on like a 10th floor like balcony and yeah well this is one of the stores in center city chicago yeah oh yeah it, it, it is literally a disaster the carter cases don't work right i mean i have yet to see a carter case that actually works right 
We can't say anything. We have ice up issues yes, with them all can. the time. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, 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 they're probably the worst. They're probably the worst cases ever manufactured. I don't. I just don't understand the theory about running the fans uh, during defrost with a frozen food case because I mean, you know, you're dealing with a system that's a, you know, basically a self-contained right with a capillary tube. So it's not like it's meant for you know being able to pull that BTU load down of of warming up the product, right? So I think you'd have slow pull down all the time, you know, especially if you're you're heating up that air, you know, with the fans. You know, you're just you're you're heating everything up to high heaven, right? Oh yeah, and then look, let's put four four to six cap tubes on a, on a system. Like, what is this 1972 air conditioning? Hey, that's what they're going to. Um, all the all the propane ones I've seen, you know, they're they're, they're doing the same thing, aren't they? They're, the only difference is they're using uh, uh, UHT or AHT cases. The AHT cases have uh, some of them have EEVs. Yeah, uh, I also heard that they have been. Um, I have plans for one of them. They have. Uh, they're using a web controller uh, to basically mod bus to all the uh, the AHT case controllers, and then well, that's you know, because AHT is right underneath the uh, right underneath the uh, Carter cases. Why? Because you can't work on them. Like the Aldi cases, like all the AHT cases, you can't work on those at the store. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? You, you could change a fan on? motor. Like, they're they're like unserviceable. Like, you pretty much have to have them taken out and brought into a back room, and or mm-hmm. raised up in there with a forklift. Work on them. If you have to change a compressor, you 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 pretty much cannot do it from the ground. You have to have it raised up. Really. Hmm. Yeah. Not not without torching the whole thing. Like, like for example, like Aldi over here, like um, they pull the cases out. Like if, say if I go to a store and it, it's got uh, AHT cases are working and it's not a board or if it's not a fan motor, mm. like I'm calling to the DM and having them, having one of their maintenance guys, it's going back on a truck and they're going to drop another one off. Like they're not field fixable. Like they go back to their warehouse and we'll send an apprentice there for like three or four days and mm-hmm. he'll rob peter to pay paul with a bunch of parts and try to make a couple of them work and then those ones go to stores mm. because they're, I, they're, they're just not serviceable in the field well the only thing uh, like i don't understand the the ht i believe some of those have a an analog output signal that actually goes to the evaporator fan motors if i'm not mistaken and i, I like i you know we come come to this problem where like how much more energy efficient can you get right you know we've already put stupid thin copper and super thin uh, thin aluminum in there to try to get as much heat heat exchange as possible we're bringing the tv down as stupid low as possible i mean how much more stuff can you really do to get the um, as much efficiency out of it before it actually becomes a service nightmare yeah congratulations you made a twenty thousand dollar self-contained that nobody can work on it's the truth. Like it literally, that's what it's what it is. Like that's horrible. It 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 literally is the truth. I tried to reprogram one of those AHT controllers by myself, like reading the manual. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do mm-hmm. it. Really? Doesn't it pull back all the stuff on the X web? 
There's no expo. Oh. Half these customers don't have that. That's the problem. Like they have all this fancy stuff, but half these customers don't have that shit. Oh, okay. Like I'm just all- going off the store that I saw, you know, that had the, it was essentially the, the exact loop that you're talking about, but instead of having the solo chill cases, they had the, the husband, the husband version of that particular case. Ugh. The one with from the condensing, <laughs> the condensing units in the back wall of the case. Oh, come on. Like that was a great idea. Some engineer out there. Yeah. We'll just slap this compressor right in the back wall because nobody will ever have to work on that. Like, where in any, like, did that make any sense whatsoever? Oh, because you save five feet of line set that they don't have to use, and now they can now they can make the propane work because it's, you know, off here. But yet the compressor's picking up heat somehow. <laughs> I, I mean, what? Well, I mean, obviously that fucking heat from that compressor's going somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, who thought that was a good idea? Like, you, some, they were having a round table somewhere, and somebody, everybody in the room thought that was a good idea? Come on. <laughs> Nobody said anything? Either that or the one guy that, that everyone took serious one day just had enough and was like, you know what? The next time someone says something stupid, I'm just going to make the most asinine design in the world. <laughs> this will work. Everyone's going to love this. I wonder if they actually it, anymore if they actually take a piece of equipment and see what the technician has to say about it before they actually put it in production or test it. You don't think they they, they don't have all There's these thousands like, of dollars test facilities? There's no way they test half the stuff. <laughs> there is no way. I mean, I don't know what they're using to test product temps because half these cases don't new cases don't make product temps. What do you mean? Are you serious? Just turn up the fan a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you've obviously never done Kroger uh, uh, fast alert tags, or else you you would know all about this. Oh no, those are fun. Yeah, they, those they, are fun. I mean, I mean, honestly, Kroger should be doing R and D for all these uh, companies because uh, there isn't a single new case that comes out that that actually makes product temp. Well, listen, even all right. So if you want to go that route, then why the hell do they even sell, you know, the aftermarket stuff they put in the cases since we're talking about, you know, the dumbness that they do, you know, you, you have these, these manufacturers that are getting rich off of selling these wonderful, beautiful designs that are not the, the, you know, the manufacturer straight up will tell you, this is not engineered for this case. You're supposed to be only utilizing either. So, I mean, what's it matter at this point? What's that? Say again? I mean, either either are the the shelves that the manufacturer puts in there either. I mean, they, those don't work either. So, I mean, what's the point? What I do you mean, mean they don't work? Oh, come on! You you take you take an NRG case and yeah. put our tags in there and tell me all the pro- and tell me they're not going to be an alarm. I don't know. I've never tested it. Hundred percent an alarm. Really? Yeah. Husman cases, ID ID cases. Yeah. Alarm. And you can't do anything about it. It's just gonna stay high in those those areas. The Husman ones, you could you could bump the airflow up. The Hill Phoenix ones, you have to plug all the sides of the coils. 
all the dead spot, all the like uh, the perforated holes in the sides of the coils. You got to plug them all because they don't have enough airflow, or you got to bump the fans up. Okay. Wow, you got salty really quick about all that equipment. <laughs> well, come on, like it's like it, it, it's like all we end up dealing with. It's like, oh, here we're gonna throw some pushers in here. You know, you think these pusher manufacturers by now would have this? Like, yeah, we're going to sell a thing of pushers, but mm-hmm. we're also going to include the bottom piece that goes on the pushers or like the pegboard. Like, oh, we're selling pegboard. Here's the other piece that you need for the pegboard. Or the, yeah, the piece that actually has to go all the way in the back. Otherwise, it's just the – well, that's the mess of thing. Like some of these mounts, you know, they, they have like an inch of void. So even if you have the piece that goes on there, it goes out an inch and then just basically, you know, the air just drops down and doesn't do shit. Yeah. I mean, you you would think by now, like this would be like included in these kits. Yeah, but it looks pretty, Kevin. That's all that matters. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if it works. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, matter if it works as long as it looks pretty. Until they're complaining about product temps, and then it's your fault. I yeah. Listen, I'm not saying that the system's perfect. I'm just saying that's that's <laughs> that's what it is. So, I mean. I, I don't know, like all, all this like new crap with the with the variable speed compressors on self contains and <laughs> everything else. Like, come on, really? It is a throwaway refrigerator. Obviously not. If they're spending all that money into it. I mean, for God's sakes, my Samsung refrigerator here in my house, the variable speed compressor went out. Really? It, it, it's a household refrigerator, variable uh-huh. speed compressor. Then I look it up. There's a 10 year warranty on it because there's a giant lawsuit because apparently these compressors are like made out of like glass. Mm-hmm. You know, m- must be a you know crappy self contained manufacturer making them. Yeah. I mean, but like, still, why? Like, what are you saving? You're going to save a penny a year compared to what compared to what one service call is going to cost. I guess they're thinking about the longevity of the short cycling versus you know ramping it up and down. But I don't even know what they're ramping it up and down off of. You know what I mean? I can't even begin to even tell you. I don't know if there's a pressure transducer on there. It, like my fridge is just like it ramps it up and down at the freezer temp. That's it. It just ramps it up and down at the freezer temp. Like that, that's all they're doing. Like mostly self contains is ramping them up. And, even those AHT cases are variable speed. Hmm. Those little bu- little bunkers at Aldi are variable speed now. Really? Yep. All variable speed compressors. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. The, the soul chills all variable speed. And it's what are they? They're controlling it off a of pressure transducer. Yeah, it's got a rotor, rotary compressor in there, and it's it's controlling it off of uh, discharge air temp and pressure. We're, hmm. So it's got it's got a rotary vane compressor in there, and it is like one of those Hitachi like sideways compressor or Sanyo or Hitachi compressors. It it's on its side like the Carter cases do. As a scroll. Uh, I don't think yeah. it's. It, it, I thought it's a. I thought it's a. Uh, no, if it was a rotary screw, you, you would need copious amounts of oil. It, it's a. Ro- I'm pretty sure it's a rotary compressor. I hate it. Separator in it, huh? It has an oil separator in it. Really? 
It has little tiny, tiny baby temperite, like super tiny. Like it's a quarter inch in and out line. You looking at it up right now? I am. I am, but I don't have a model number, so I'm just looking at it. It literally has a little rotary compressor in it with a with a with an inverter board. Yeah. And it has a uh little tiny oil separator with a cap tube that's venting to the suction. Hmm. But I mean it it, it you'll hear them like ramp up and ramp down. Like they'll they'll go like full nut. Huh. And then I'm not, I'm not saying that they're that they're not that. I'm saying I didn't think that they were rotary screw. I thought they were uh, just uh, scrolls. No, they're rotary compressors. They're whatever the window shakers have. Those are rotaries, I think. Scrolls. Those aren't scrolls. They're 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 horizontal rotary compressors. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'll figure it out later. I'm not gonna look at them now. I mean, I just like those Carter cases have. Yeah, well, like I said, I was pretty sure that those were, you know, just scrolls that were just pushed over on the side. You know, those are. Those are I'm almost positive those are rotary compressors. Because huh. Emerson does make a laydown scroll. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure they're the only ones that make a laydown scroll. I'm not positive on that. They make a super tiny baby scroll too. It's like super, like ridiculously tiny. But I don't, I don't. I, yeah, I think that like Carter and uh, Soul Chill are using the same Hitachi, Hitachi uh, rotary compressors. So I'm pretty sure Hitachi makes the uh, drive modules for them too. Hmm. I mean, if it was like easier to work on, yeah, it'd be cool. But like, there is way too much going on in one of these self-contains. Well, that's how all the VRF stuff is too. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, we were trying to figure out what board was bad, causing causing the uh, the branch boards not to activate the way they should. And there's 15 boards in the freaking condensing unit. Okay, yeah, VRF is like super close to supermarket stuff. It's yeah. just less serviceable. It is literally a less serviceable protocol. There's just no, there's just no service valves on anything. Like, I mean, you can't isolate a compressor. You can't just isolate a, you know, uh, oil separator. You can't do any of that. Like, you gotta, you gotta pull old charge. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, Sometimes there's shitty equipment. So tonight, other than than uh, this going, it's already going for 20 minutes. <laughs> I can go for another hour and a half on this. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about tools. What uh, um, tonight we're what we're going to talk about uh, the tools that you should start if you are an apprentice. Is that correct? I wasn't going to go to apprentice. I was going to say tools in general, like you know, that are like super helpful and uh, make your life a lot easier. Let's go. Do you even have tools anymore? Yeah, I do. They're all in my garage. <laughs> I got to start taking my batteries out. I went to go use my uh, tester gauges when I was shooting video down in Houston. And, uh, yeah, it was starting to corrode. Yeah, don't buy cheap batteries. That's, that's one thing I will say, guys. No, no, no. I buy, I buy the Duracells. Yeah, they, they always explode. Yeah. Yeah, the Energizer ones never explode. I've, I've only had Duracells, uh, like, uh, blow up in my tools. That's how my... 
with the battery acid. Yeah, that's how my 16-year-old Mega Bit does. Batteries exploded in it, and I didn't do anything about it, and it just ate everything. I tried oh, cleaning come it on, up. Is my internet going to go out? Probably. <sighs> Stop your screen. Stop your video. You froze? Yeah, you froze. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, turn off turn off your video feed. Uh, it should be okay now. Um, okay. huh? I said okay. First week's question: What's the set superheat for a low temp case? What do we set low temp cases for as far as superheat? Let me know. Email me arpgiveaways at gmail.com. Thank you guys. Hey guys, today's episode is sponsored by Westermeyer Industries Serviceable Oil Floats. Many oil separators contain an oil float to effectively meter separated oil back to the compressors. Westermeyer Industries has taken this concept and perfected it. With their new line of serviceable oil floats, these floats feature an improved design with fewer components, allowing for greater manufacturer consistency and up to 20% increased oil flow versus their legacy models. These floats also feature an integrated magnet to shield the oil path from debris and have been field proven in supermarket applications. Westmeyer Industries offer replacement oil floats not only for their own separators, but also cross compatible models for our competitor oil separators as well. You can find out more about the Westermeyer Industries serviceable oil floats by visiting westermeyerind.com backslash floats. Once again, that's westermeyerind.com slash float. Let's get on with the episode. So I was going to mention another tool that you could have in your in your repertoire, but um, they don't make it anymore, so never mind. Oh, um, yeah. Square sockets. So well, uh, I was going to say the Alnor Jr., but okay. Square sockets. Square sockets. Probably one of the best things I found here lately. You're going to strip those service. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, like just about everybody I work with now has those things because it's so much easier. So what they are is they are three eighths drive square sockets. So they have five sixteenths. They have a half inch. They have a three eighths. So what you use these for is shutting service valves. So say you have a rack with like ten compressors on it. You got to shut all the discharge service valves. We pull the caps. I use my Milwaukee uh, right angle drive um, ratchet wrench, my M twelve, and I can literally shut all the service valves in like two minutes. You're not going to break them. The Milwaukee impact or the Milwaukee right angle doesn't have enough power to do it. You're not going to snap a service valve. You're going to strip them. You're not going to strip them either. You're going to you're gonna get blue goo on it. Yeah, yeah, get some blue goo on there. But I tell you what, when you're like, we're doing a lot of project work, we're doing a bunch of retrofits. It saves so much time on these retrofits and like your your arms and your hands from shutting service valves. You know, that's how you end up with carpal tunnel. Like all these old guys, you end up all crippled. So, I mean, that right there is probably one of my favorite tools. And I don't carry my tool bag, 
but it's definitely one one thing that's pulled out a lot. It's usually on my cart. I use that thing all the time. You have a part number for those? Um, I do not. But if you in Amazon, if you type in uh, 3H drive square sockets, they pop right up. Really? Yep. I think it's like 30 bucks for a set. It works amazing. Like, I mean, it saves so much time, especially on the bigger Copelands where they got the uh, the half-inch uh, service valves in the back and they're kind of a tough to get pain. If they're like in a pain to get to where the bitsers with the head cooling fan on top of them. Yeah. I don't have cooling fans anymore. Like some of those you can't shut. You spend 10 minutes trying to shut off one compressor with a head cooling fan unless you pull them. Well, with this... You throw a universal joint on that thing, and uh, away you go. Now you're not pulling head cooling fans, or you know, struggling with that. You're shutting them in the seconds now. How much? How much crap did you get for posting that up there? Oh my god, it makes people so mad. It's so I love it so much. People get so worked up about it, especially if you go on like an air conditioning page and a uh, bunch of old guys are on there. Oh man. Yeah, because you're gonna break a half inch service valve, yeah, with, with a with a ratchet that has like less than thirty foot pounds of torque. It could happen. Yeah, not with that thing. I think it's uh, like a wonder. If you go with the two hundred foot pound one out of my van, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, my Leatherman Wave. That that is something that I would use multiple times throughout a day. See, I'm like totally against Leathermans. I, I don't. They're they're uninsulated. It's just it's just like screams death to me. Yeah, but I'm not using it to tighten up like electrical stuff. You know what I mean? It's just random stuff throughout the day. That and like I would I always like forget that shit when I go like on an airplane. Next thing you know, I'm getting like you know frisked by TSA, and uh, which I'm assuming that's probably what happened to you. Uh, no, actually. So the, the last time, um, you know, I always, I always pack my little, my Leatherman and my, in my carry on, but like I had a knife on, it was, it was in between the big atrocious phone case that you like and, and in between like a flashlight. And I didn't realize I had it until I was literally halfway through TSA pre-check. And I'm like, you know what? Getting, getting thrown down saying we have a knife, we have a knife or just throwing the thing out. I have to throw it out, unfortunately. It was a $40 knife, but it was just still irritating. If anybody's curious, Brett carries this gigantic phone case on the side of his pants that like hangs off like two feet. And it's like the most dad phone case ever. Yeah. Good story, bro. Good story. <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> Oh, uh, so what uh, do you, um, you know what? I had to ask you this. Do you have a, a, a glycol uh, pH tester and how often do you test the pH in the, in the glycol? Uh, it's in my van. I've mm-hmm. never used it. Mm. Never had, never had a reason to. Never had a reason to. Cause I thought they told you to, to check the glycol every three years, make sure it's not starting to break down. No. <laughs> breakdown you're funny this shit leaks out before it breaks down <laughs> who are you kidding i've never had a leak on a, on a glycol store ever 
What? I'm, 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 I'm really kidding. We yeah. had multiple. The, the worst is when you have a glycol store um, that is based, you know, a a food warehouse, you know, uh, one of those big, 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 big guys. And you have a forklift hit the uh, hit the supply or return line on the glycol in the produce cooler. That That's my favorite. Absolute favorite. Yeah, or they're uh, they're washing cases with glycol. That happened. <laughs> you had told me that. Yeah, that happened. That's that, that's um, that's funny. Then uh, okay, so okay, let's keep going on these. So we got the square sockets, another great tool. Um, trying to think here, a pick set. Like this is like something that's like overrated, like uh, super underrated, super cheap. Uh, like a, a angled pick set, like a uh, like a dental pick set. Go to Harbor Freight, pick up a pick set. Like great tool. Like I use them all the time. Like for O rings, for getting gaskets out, um, getting like temperate, uh, getting oil separator filters out. Like especially the ones where you can't get your arm in there. So like I'll I'll get it off the rod and then I'll you know put the pick set inside the inside the rod hole and I'll pull the filter out that way. Because some of them you can't get your hands around the outside of them to pull it out. So really? a pick set, something super cheap, five bucks. <clears throat> the pocket bucket pump. The what? Pocket bucket pump. Some pumps the ice in cases. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we call it a pocket bucket up here. <laughs> What is the this the Chicago thing? It's actually a client pros thing. Like it's 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 called the pocket bucket. Amazing. But from the guy that made it, Mike Puckett. <laughs> but like a sump pump for de-icing cases works great. I hate, I hate de-icing cases. I will I would rather run five hundred foot of hose than 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 deal with a sump pump nonsense. Yeah, well, we all know that one customer that we all have that with the giant bullseye that doesn't have any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, I get it, but I will. I don't even care. I'll I'll run that much hose just because I loathe using lukewarm freaking water. Okay, so hoses, those zero G hoses, the expander hoses, work amazing. Are you talking about the ones that that curl back up? Yes, not not the black ones like the 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 made on TV like you know. Sham wow guy ones. <laughs> well, no, um, because I mean, like, if you run too much hot water through them, they they, they don't like that. They'll the blow up. Zero G ones, like Walmart sells them. Uh, mm-hmm. Home Depot has them. Those things work great. Like, I, okay. so you could fit four hundred feet of hose in a five gallon bucket if you're if you're good. Sham wow. Yeah, I mean, but like, so the, those hoses work great. Like they're they they curl up nice in the van. They don't take up a lot of room. So you're not you're not like losing a bunch of space in the van. So I mean those hoses work great. Get a nice wand so you don't have to do that. Or an apprentice. And the apprentice works even better. How about um with all the with all the stuff that you do, uh how about a, a manometer? Use a manometer at all. Yeah, like I, I have a testo manometer, uh like a dual port manometer. So I use it for a couple things like setting gas pressure. We do some like rooftop startups every once in a while, or I do some service. But uh, so and another thing is testing building pressure, you know, so, uh, 
testing like the, the imbalance on a building pressure, you know, across the door, you put the manometer in there, you know, you can, you, you can gauge your, you know, pressure inside and outside what your, you know, pressure is in the building works great for that. Um, not something we use a whole lot. I mean, most guys don't need a dual port manometer. Like most guys can get away with a normal manometer, just using that to check gas pressure. But I mean, it's something you need. I mean, we, we still service rooftops and all kinds of stuff at most these stores. I mean, I'm assuming you guys don't do a whole lot of gas heat down in Texas. So that's all they have. Surprising. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, like some, uh, some of the gas station, uh, type type stuff they do have heat pumps with heat packages but for the most part i mean it's it's all gas i mean because it's it's cheaper right it's cheaper than than electric it still gets cold down here ish ish <laughs> yeah no, so i'm i'm, I'm, I'm something like you don't use a whole lot but like i mean it's still you know something to use you know to keep in the van um and it's it's amazing how many fittings you'll you'll pick up from different jobs that you've done. Like I've used a, a manometer already to, you know, I teed into a, a pressure switch on a unit heater. Um, I had got a call back on a unit heater, couldn't figure out what was going on, and basically sat there with the manometer teed in there. And it wasn't over the course of after it ran for about an hour and a half, the uh, pressure switch started losing uh, inches of water column. Um, there was a small micro crack in the heat exchanger, and as it would heat up more and more and more, the crack would separate. As it would separate, the you know the vacuum wouldn't make on the uh, on the pressure switch. You know, intermittently just shut down, and that's what was causing it. And if I wouldn't have ever done that, I I don't think I ever would have figured out what the hell was going on. So an- another one, uh, like I don't use gauges at all. Like, I don't have any gauges in my truck. I don't, mm-hmm. I haven't had a set of gauges in my truck for years. So I only use probes. So a mm-hmm. couple things like, so I have all kinds of different probes. Like I have the Sporlin probes. Mm-hmm. I love those things. They work great. Not like, like general service stuff. Like if I'm doing startup, Sporlin probes are with me all day long. If I'm mm-hmm. doing like general service stuff, like I'll use the field piece probes or I will grab these Appian probes. I don't even remember how I got them, but I use these. The, they're one of them's an Appian, and the other one is a cheap knockoff, a Chinese knockoff. And I've grown to like these, so they're pretty cheap. Um, so I'm trying to find the uh the, the part number right now. So like. It's like the wish.com version of the Appian. Uh, but I have yet to find anything wrong with these things. So they're like a little gauge with a with a uh with a screen on them. And they data log pressure and temperature. So what we've like ended up using these for is like standing pressure tests. So we leave these hooked up and doing standing pressure tests with them works great because like now you could just pull it with the app or you could pull it with a computer. You could pull the whole like trend on it. So you could see if you're losing pressure, you could see if you're, you know, if it's losing pressure with temperature, you can graph them like, uh, you know, you see if, if, if it's going down, works out amazing for that. So, I mean, 
they have a screen on them, so it's a lot easier to set an EPR with some of the screen on it. Agreed. No, I thought I I thought my testos were were badass, but like I after the umpteenth, umpteenth time of it having to reset it every single time you're in the freezer, I'm I just got tired of them. So there are only two manufacturers of probes that are temperature compensated. It is Sporlin. Mm-hmm. It is at or is Sporlin and and Fieldpiece are the only two that are temperature compensated transistors. My Appian ones, they'll drift. Like yeah. if they're in the they'll drift. Um, if the Testo ones, they'll drift. You have to zero them out. Uh, there's, there's, there's a temperature coefficient in there, but I don't know how. Like I've played with the number, but I can't get it to. I don't know what you're supposed to do. You know, the, the directions aren't that clear cut where, you know, you have put X number in there based off of the ambient temperature or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, they don't uh not not a big fan of them. I mean they 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 don't they zero they don't they don't stay zeroed out. So I mean you you don't want that when you're trying to like set superheats and stuff. I mean that's counterproductive. So I mean the probes are like killer. I mean that that's probably one of my like biggest things. And the, the single probes, I love those things with short stubby hoses on there, makes my life a lot easier. And then uh wrenches. Okay, so wrenches. The channel lock big mouth wrenches, you cannot beat those things. They actually make a, I think it's called the wide jaw. They make a slim down version of it. So like half the jaw, like the the wrench jaw is milled down. So it's, it's, if you take the normal, like blue handled wide mouth wrench, they milled down half the jaw. So it's cut in half the, the width of it. So it's super thin. This works amazing for pulling power heads. So, I forget the manufacturer. They they sell them, they sell them at United. Uh, black handle usually has like an orange plug on the end. Um, they have a, a you know an adjustable that looks exactly like that, where it's 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 narrowed down a little bit for you know po- you know for moving power heads. And the same thing with the uh, the angle claw that you get from Rigid. That thing is just phenomenal. And then uh, Yellow Jacket makes a refrigeration wrench. It's called a Sporlin wrench. It has the like tit underneath it to tighten up the uh, packings on all the Sporlin valves. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, it's got the um, super small stem for all the solenoid valves and manual open stems. Use that yeah. thing all the time on retrofits and everything else for tightening up packings on the G-body valves. Yes. It's a spanner wrench, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like that wrench that they give you that you put in your keychain that like ends up being in, unusable because guys have 97 keys on their keychain. The magnetic field indicator. I, 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 it's nice, but like it lasts like a week for me. Okay. So like, I, they always get ripped off my keychain, but what I found, so you have, you have too many keys. Yeah, well, nah, there's too much shit in my pockets. So um, they make magnetic field, uh, like, wiggies. You can get them on Amazon. So like a like a wiggy, like, you know, you test, like, a, the electrician dummy stick where they test power with. They make those for magnet, magnetic fields. I have one. It's, it's amazing. I use it all the time. It's called a magnetic field wiggy? 
not a wiggy like it's like uh so if you go it's a magnetic field tester look at it up right now field tester stick like i use it all the time so if i'm checking solenoids and i'm running through like a rack triplet triplet maybe i don't know mine's green because there's one made by X-Tech and Triplet. X-Tech. Yeah, like the thing works amazing. Mm. Like I, I have one on both my tool bags. Like if I'm like checking solenoids, just hold it down and it glows blue when it, whenever the solenoids energized. And uh, some of the ones that'll barely turn a, a you know, a rotation tester, it, it'll it'll turn that. Like it'll pick up contact recoils and everything. Usually the rotation tester won't usually pick up a contact recoil. Gotcha. But like that, that one will pick up like contact recoils, relays, all that stuff. I wonder if they're using the same logic as that as the app, that, you know, Dan Foss's app that they say works. And and people have actually said that that it, you know they told me that it works. I just don't trust it. My phone it works on. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't ever use it because I don't want to shove my phone next to all kinds of things because I already break it as it is. Yeah. No, I mean, I get that it. field tester like that thing works great. I mean, it's, it's it's a lot easier than, especially if it's dark and you're trying to like see that thing and you have a crappy flashlight. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to the next thing: flashlights. Like a good flashlight is worth its weight in gold. So, like, a lot of guys buy into the streamlight shit. Like, yeah, if I'm, if, if I'm putting it on my gun, yeah, sure, I'll buy a streamlight. But uh, like, if I'm using it for work, the Milwaukee flashlights, especially their new line stuff, like you can't beat that. Like they're rechargeable. It's like 70 bucks. I mean, a thing lasts like four or five hours and you can recharge it in like an hour. Removable battery? Yeah. So like I, I have like two or three of the batteries in my truck. So if I, I do run one now, I can just pop a new battery in it. Milwaukee's, Milwaukee's lights are all the same batteries. It doesn't matter what light it is for like their rechargeables. Like they're all the same batteries. Yeah. So mm. like... I'm big at a light. Like I cannot stand working in the dark. Like there's probably like 10 different lights in my truck from stand lights to, I mean, I have an M18 stand light and M12 stand light. I have a pack out light. I have like four or five like stick lights. Like I have enough light to light up the area to like make, make it easier for me to work. I mean, I'll use an M12 light to, the stand light to do like small service work. It works great for a like protocol. It's like right at the same height as like all the compressors. So you get the light in there, the M18 light will light up the whole back room. I mean, just having a light to like suit to what you need. Like some of the Milwaukee stick lights that are magnetic. You could stick them on something like in to shine into a compressor. So you're not holding the flashlight. I mean, whatever makes your life easier. I mean, having lights makes your life easier. It makes job safer. Okay. Here's, here's a question for you. Um, do you spend the money on fantastic tools right as soon as you get out of the tr- uh, get out of school, or do you uh, buy shit stuff and then slowly acquire the, the the better stuff? You know, now that you're starting to make a little bit of money, it de- it depends on your budget. I mean, if if you have the money, why buy it twice? Yeah, I mean if. Let's be honest here. The company's going to have to replace your tools when they break. So True. why buy it twice? I mean, 
if you're, I mean, but if you don't have the money, I mean, there's no reason you can't go to Harbor Freight and buy tools and you don't have to go buy the top of line tools. You could buy like Harbor Freight tools and you could do the same job. I mean, it, it, it's, it's all about the person behind the tools, but like there are certain tools that make your life easier. I mean, you don't have to go out and buy a 600 foot pound Milwaukee impact. You can get a, you know, 450 foot pound one. I mean, you don't have to have, I mean, well, let's be honest. Like, I mean, you could use a breaker bar. I mean, yeah, you, you could use a breaker bar. I mean, it's going to make you slower, but like when you're starting out, like you can go to Harbor Freight and buy an impact, you know, you know, power tools. I mean, I, I like tools. Like that's my thing. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll spend money on tools. I have no problem with it. But I mean, here lately, I, I kind of cut back, but because my wife's going to kill me. Well, I think part of it has to do with like, you know, for how often you're going to use it. Right. So if, if it's it's something that you're going to use day in and day out. So like when you know, and I've told the story before, but like I, you know, I when I first started, I didn't have any tools. So I, I went to Home Depot and got a Home Depot credit card, maxed it out and bought, you know, every basic thing that I needed in order to to do my job. But, um, you know, as I started, you know, getting older you know if if it was something that i was going to use day in and day out you know i'd make the investment for a better quality tool right if uh if it's one little breaker bar that i'm going to use maybe twice a year you know i'm i'm not i'm not buying a, a craftsman or whatever you know it's 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 harbor freight for that week you know what i mean especially if i'm not really putting much wear and tear it, it comes out of the box every once in a while right there's no reason to have like you know have top, top, top end everything you know all the time. Don't get me wrong, I have tons of Harbor Freight stuff in my truck. Like, okay, I mean, a lot of times, like if I if I have like an idea, I'll go buy something cheap at Harbor Freight, try it out. If I like it, I'll you know, and I think it's gonna work out, I'll I'll spend more money on it. And, you know, get get it you know somewhere else. I'm not buying Snap on tools for my truck, in my van. I'm not like, but I'm 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 using some Harbor Freight stuff. Like, okay, that that brings me into this come-alongs from harbor freight many come-alongs like a little like uh 500 pound quarter ton come-alongs probably one of the best tools ever for service i haven't used them in a while because i haven't done a compressor in a long time but like those many come-alongs and unistrut trolleys make your life so easy changing compressors is cake using uh we'll do an episode on rigging one day but those many come-alongs from harbor freight they're like 80 bucks Super great investment. Make your life so much easier. Um, a winch. Okay, Harbor Freight has a winch. Uh, super great. Uh, Warren pulls all. You can get it for like 200 bucks. If, if, if you look around. These Warren pulls all winches are like 15-foot cables. It's the only thing that kind of sucks about them. But like, okay, if you're on like an Aldi roof, you could set an eight-foot ladder up. You could literally pull a compressor up through the roof by yourself or your tools or whatever through the roof with this pour and pulls all winch. You know, you're not stressing yourself out. You're not doing anything like that. You know, a winch is a, is an invaluable tool. Like it makes your life, it saves your body. Same thing with like block and tackle stuff. Like if you can't afford a winch, pulleys, ropes and pulleys, Harbor Freight has them. Ropes and pulleys, you'd be surprised how easy it makes your life. I don't know how many pictures how many times you put up pictures of you know you rigging stuff up to yank it up i think you actually saw um i know that you posted this uh someone just put skis on the uh on a compressor they had to install 
I think three or four four flights of stairs up. And I, you used to service that place, no? Uh, I I, th- I think it might have been one we did. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was that was that was actually one of my my guys from my old company. So oh, okay. So like like the rigging obviously came from that. Like he's you know working me a lot. Like like it's. But like doing the skis on compressors and like dragging them upstairs or like rigging. I like rigging. Rigging is like probably one of my favorite things to do in this trade. Like it's, you know, getting somewhere like so hard and, you know, building something up, like having that stuff in your van, eyelets, that's all stuff the company buys. Like come alongs, the stuff that's the stuff the company should buy, you know, winches, like stuff like that. Like guys shouldn't have to spend their money on that. That, that, that is something your employer should provide you winches come alongs straps clevises that's all company should be company provided that is that is making the company money and making everything safer so that should be on a company to provide that yeah i agree i mean anything like this is this is the way i look at tools if my boss is charging money for it he should provide the tool so a leak detector, I refuse to buy a leak detector. Okay. Never will, because the company charges to use a leak detector. They are they are making money off a tool, so they should pay for said tool. So if a tool said tool breaks, then they're going to replace said tool on your said truck, and then it's still yours. But what do I care? Am I making the money off it? Think about this. Okay, say the company charges thirty dollars to use a leak detector. Okay. Okay, every time you use a leak detector. Say you use that leak detector three times a day. Okay. How long does it take you to pay off that leak detector? Not long at all. Exactly. Who who is who is at the disadvantage there? The company or the employee? The employee. Yeah, I guess. So that should be provided by the, the employer. I mean Yeah, I guess. How do you standardize something otherwise? Okay, so this guy goes to Harbor Freight and gets a, you know, $40 leak detector that, you know, can't find anything, but, he, you know, he's providing a leak detector. And then you have another guy that goes and buys a Stratus. Okay. So it is what it is at that point. So you're only affecting the company negatively by not having quality tools like that. Same thing with a vacuum pump or recovery machine. That should all be company supplied. If you're charging for it, the company should pay for it. Yeah, I agree. What other things that you use that that does make your life easier? I, you know, um, pig funnel. Pig funnel. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. So it's it's a, a pig funnel, form a funnel. They, 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 I've heard them called a bunch of different things. It is like a funnel that is it's like a like a sheet basically that is like filled full of lead and covered in rubber you could basically mold it to whatever you want so these things work great because they'll fit right underneath the compressor and you could drain oil out of them yeah you could basically form it to whatever you want or if you're like trying to like drain something or oil like on a oil separator say you're trying to you know drop a float down you could basically form this around the side of the oil separator float where you're dropping it down and force the oil out that way. I mean, it, it, it's a great tool. I don't use it all the time, but like, it makes your life pretty easy. Have you ever used the um, screw-on Schrader depressors? Like, you know, when you're doing, like, when you're removing oil from a compressor, you know, via the pump, like you're basically taking a semi-hermetic and, and using its own uh, oil pressure, pump pressure to drain the oil out of there. Yeah, um, I like those things. They work good. 
Yeah, so so they they make these things. It doesn't pull out the Schrader core, um, but what it does is it it pushes in the Schrader, um, you know, to relieve the pressure from the sides. And it's helpful when dealing with oil because I mean, you know, if you're going to hook up a uh, you know a hose to it, you are going to get a little oil blowback. You know, even if the compressor's off, you know, when that suction pressure is forty pounds, I mean, you're still going to get some sort of oil out of there. So the Schrader. I've been able to use like get oil samples like without making a huge mess. Yeah. So it's it looks almost like a Schrader core remover. The only difference is it just depresses the the Schrader at the end. And you know, like Kevin said, it's it's helpful with getting oil samples, um, but also in in testing testing oil pressures and not you know essentially it's there to not make a mess is what I what I utilize it for. The other thing it works great for, if uh, you do any like rooftop work and they have those stupid uh, mega cores or whatever, like that is what you should use to pull vacuums is one of those depressors because it'll actually push the core down, the mega core down, and it'll still have enough flow for you to pull a good vacuum since you can't pull those cores out. So Mega, mega cores, which one are you talking about? So like a lot of rooftops now, like Train does them, where they have those like mega uh. cores. Like those, like they have the bigger caps on them. It's like five sixteenths or something like that. But like, yeah. So you, you know, you can pull those get, things get, out and yeah. put a sixteenths fitting in there. Really? Uh huh. Because a lot of times they, they're they're leaking right from the factory. No, I'm sorry, not a five sixteenths. A quarter male pipe thread by male um, trader will fit in there. Okay. So you can unscrew that, put Teflon tape there, and screw it in, and it fits fine. Hmm. I only know that because we had a rack ship out with those on there. Wait, yeah. rack ship that with what on it? With those, with those mega cores. Oh my god, dude! We had so many leaks, like literally, like. It was a cold zone rack, which I mean they don't they don't really make racks, so they don't they have no idea what's going on. Um is it made by Heatcraft? No. Oh. Cold zone. They make like uh restaurant stuff. Okay. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was an actual rack rack. It wasn't a rack like a rack of single units, it was a rack rack, and uh yeah, they uh they put those all over and uh yeah, it was leaks. Beautiful. Any other cool tools that you're you're hiding out? Um, you know, I know everyone knows about my signal generator because I talk about that a bunch. But you know, that's that's something helpful, especially when you're doing a bunch of EMS four to twenty stuff. It it just it it, it helps out so much so much. Yeah, this this is one that like a lot of people don't think about. Electrician scissors, like uh, Nipex makes and Klein makes them too, but Nipex makes a pair of scissors. Mm-hmm. I probably use these more than I use any tool in my tool bag. So these things are amazing. They're like $25 or $30. They're sharp as shit. They mm-hmm. will cut your 10 gauge wire. Um, hmm. They are amazing for stripping EMS wire and like getting real fine stuff. They cut zip ties real nice. Uh, I use these things probably more than I use most of my tools. Like, I mean, it's a precision pair of scissors like to cut zip ties and strip wires back. And I don't even use wire strippers anymore. I just use the scissors. Really? Yeah. I mean, they, they literally like you barely put any pressure on them. 
you like clamp down, pull the wire out, done. Or like if I was stripping shield the cable, like it strips shield the cable like butter. Well, that's I see. I use that that different tool uh, for that. Um, it is just called a wire, uh, some sort of wire stripper. Um, let's see who makes it, Klein, and I think Crescent. I think makes one as well. Yeah, okay. I mean those scissors. Like I, the the electricians we work with, like got me onto that. And like after after using those Nipex ones, like like I'm hooked on those things. Like they work great. I mean, I was shearing 10 gauge wire off the other day with them. I mean, we, we I, I seen somebody cut some six with it. Like that's how sharp they are. Um, so like th- those things work great. Um, here's another tool that like I use a lot, which most guys don't need, but a toner. So Klein makes one, Fluke makes one. It is a signal toner, basically. So what it is, is say you have a cable somewhere, you don't know where it lands in the rack. Like say like somebody moves some sensors out somewhere and they're in the ceiling. You hook this toner up to it, basically. It's like a signal generator and you walk around with this with a, uh, basically it, it, it's like a pen almost, but it, it has like a, a beeper on it. So when you get on the wire, it, it won't make any noise until you get to the wire that the toner's going through and it'll go, it'll start beeping like really fast thing saves you so much time so if somebody cut a bunch of wires if like on like case remodels if i get there and the and the electrician already cut all the ems cables like a dickhead it didn't mark anything then instead of like me trying to figure out what sensors what i'll hook that up real quick and i'll run through and i'll, I'll figure out what cable is what and mark them so i have i have this uh a greenly version uh the only reason why i purchased this one i had um brand new store and no one knew where any of the electrical stuff was um so a lot of times trying to find circuits throughout this building because it was i think it was like 80 80, square foot so trying to find especially when something is energized you know it's more of a uh, pain because a lot of these you know uh less inexpensive uh you know circuit tracers can only have you know no voltage hooked up to it whatsoever well, this one actually hooks up to 575, so I can do, um, you know, I can do up to 575 volts, and so now I can do circuits that are live. So um, it, it just makes it so much easier because, you know, not that I would condone this, but I've seen people try to trip a 20-amp breaker just to, to to make it dead so they can actually search it with the, the less inexpensive one. Yeah, I mean that that's I've never used one of those, but uh I, I could have used it a lot, I'll tell you that. Um label maker, another thing, super cheap. You can buy a label maker, you don't have to buy a super expensive one, but man, does that save people a lot of time, you know, behind you if you're actually labeling stuff. I mean what are you I, labeling? Just all your wires and chases? Wires, chases, switches, boards, board points, like like cases. Like, I don't know how many stores I go to. The cases aren't labeled. Never. Like, I mean, I label everything. Like That's, that's on every punch list ever. Yeah, okay. So cer- Certain chains don't label anything. Really? Yeah. Um. So, I mean, like, label labels for stuff. Like, like, I use my labeler a lot. Like, I have a Brady. Like, it's a more expensive labeler because I use it more. I mean, yeah. 
but I mean, I use that labeler a ton. And then like good hand tools, guys, like don't, don't, don't skip out on good hand tools. I mean, you want good stuff. Uh, I've been buying less and less client stuff. I mean, it seems to get, be getting like cheaper and cheaper. I've been switching over to Nipex. Nipex makes some like kick-ass tools. I mean, especially like their channel locks and stuff and uh, their like electrical stuff. I mean, I think Nipex has client beat now. So I've been switching over to Nipex. Like wrenches and stuff, I don't go like super big on wrenches. Like channel lock wrenches, like I keep two of those in there. Um, I don't have lineman's pliers. Like crimpers, like I, I have a good pair of crimpers. Um, other than that, like I just have a general like setup in my bag. Like I I don't carry a big thing of Allen keys. I keep small Allen keys in my bag. You know, I try to keep it as light as possible. I don't I don't want I don't want a ninety pound tool bag. I keep my tool bag super light what I need, what I use all the time. And I will go to the truck and, you know, everything else is set up in kits. So if I don't use that tool all the time, Brian, I got to keep it in my bag. No, I used to carry a, a small little, a uh, small little test bag that basically had a meter, uh six and one reefer wrench, uh, two, two pressure probes, two temperature probes. And that's really it. You know, that'll get me in the wheelhouse. So, you know, what I have to, you know, get out next, whether I, you know, need to get the big old bag out, you know, like the PM bag where it has all the, the flare wrenches and stuff. Cause I, and I don't, I don't mess around with, you know, when, when doing a PM or anything like that, I, this bag just has everything that I would possibly ever want, including, you know, maybe a fitting that, you know, could have, could have been stripped or something like that. You know what I mean? Spares and just extra fittings in this bag, you know, basically has anything you would need. But I'm so sure since you brought up flares, the same thing. Since since you brought up flares, like throw the flare block away. Like that, that that is a that is an outdated tool. Like these spin flares, like I was skeptical at first. I love these things. So Spare like it, yeah, so it goes in your drill or it'll go into impact. This thing I have to use an impact, but I use it all the time and it works great. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. it literally you just stick it in the pipe. And you go and it, it anneals it. So it'll, it'll flare hard copper. Mm-hmm. So it, it flares it as you drill. And it's a perfect flare every single time. So, but the nice thing about this is you can cut it back real, real tight. And you can reflare it without cutting off a huge section of copper. How so? Because you don't only have to cut off, say, say you have to cut off like a, like a flare face. So, mm-hmm. Use a, use a cutter that cuts flare faces and you cut off like a sixteenth of an inch. Use the old copper stretcher. So just uh, the reason why I brought that up is because some people aren't aware of what you're talking about. So inside the little imp cutters, um, you know, you have two rollers on there that basically roll um, the copper around to, to make it easier when you're cutting it. Um, in probably 75% of the cutters out there now, there is a section that's basically cut out of the top and bottom uh where a flare actually goes and and that piece in there is to limit the amount of copper that you need to cut off in order to try to reflare something yeah i mean then like cutters like having a good set of cutters i mean uh, don't go cheap on rigid cutters suck like don't waste money on rigid cutters like uh reed cutters make they make like the best pipe pipe cutters like most of the fitters like end up using reed cutters um navac makes some nice cutters 
if they have that flare thing in there. Milwaukee cutters are kind of junky. Like I, I've had them, like they look nice, not all there. But I'll tell you what, the M12 power cutter, that thing is amazing. It's been out for uh, for a long time, hasn't it? Yeah. So like, I mean, but like doing like retrofits and like fit and pipe and stuff like guys that saves so much time and like or like if you're like cutting eprs out yeah it's limited inch and eighth but like i mean if you got to cut an inch and eighth line at, at a rack i mean and it's tight you're not swinging a cutter in there so the only other thing that i found that works well is a um it looks almost like a a bike chain i forget the actual name exhaust, of it exhaust cutter yeah is that, is that what it is yeah it's an exhaust cutter yeah, so I've used exhaust cutters on on stuff like that. Um, some of these other different manufacturers that are United States companies, but they use uh, you know foreign copper. Uh, Ingersoll Rand's one of the one of the big ones that that does that. And uh, one day I had to use a pipe stretcher. I had to use a tailpipe expander in order to um, adapt the copper that was there versus you know on the new exchanger because the new exchanger was uh, metric pipe the you know the old oh, the old piping connected to the exchanger was was all standard so that was an interesting day yeah that 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 tubing expander that navac gave me is uh i like that thing yeah I, i've used it quite a bit actually um i mean we obviously can't swedge a lot of stuff i mean mostly stores won't let us swedge things but obviously things get done on servers that they're not supposed to but like i'll tell you what like using that thing and like retrofits and like blowing up pipe which is a smidge when you're like doing valves and a header or you got a real tight spot where you can't fit a coupling that thing is amazing the uh pistol grip 90 degree uh swedger like you can't beat those things see i've always been lazy though and i like i i because i would always get pissed off if if i didn't make the the flare right on the first go so like i would just stock a whole bunch of ready-made flares that i would just have to you know because if i'm cutting off copper anyway i'd have to try to stretch it out a little bit anyway to make it fit exactly the way it was so putting on a ready-made flare basically takes care of all that guesswork you like those things are nice especially if you got to extend out but like they break i i haven't seen that yet yeah they they do break like uh from over tightening no they're 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 where they do it so i this is what i was told they're weaker the way the way they 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 process when they make those they it's yeah. weaker around the, like the the neck of it uh-huh. but don't get me wrong like i have like five packs of those three eighths ones in my truck and if i'm doing oil lines you bet oh, you, for sure you bet your ass i'm using them yeah i'm i'm not you know redoing the whole line but um well guys that was a uh good introduction on like tools i mean obviously what you know in the future we'll go over some more advanced stuff and then you know, tools like that, but that, that's a pretty like basic overview of what me and Brett carry. And like, you know, what do we think guys should have, you know, but obviously everybody's different. So buy what you can afford guys and just, you know, take care of your stuff. I mean, you know, take care of your tools. They're, they're your livelihood. So thanks for listening guys. Thanks man.